to this week's edition for the Wise Up Podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can follow me on social media, such as Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Our handle is at WiseUpTX, W-I-S-E-U-P-T-X, or you can check out our website, www.wiseuptx.com. Remember, everyone, get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. So today's segment is called Resist, and I will be discussing pointers on how you can continue resisting against the Trump administration and certain bills in the Texas legislature. But first, let's start with the news. Today, um, as we all know, Betsy Davos may or may not be confirmed. It's likely that it may be a 50-50 tie, and Vice President Pence would be the tiebreaker. In that case, it'll most likely be that she will be confirmed, which is kind of a scary prospect, and I know many of you have listened to the news and, you know, find that she may be unqualified or may not be understanding what's the difference between public and private schools and vouchers and school choice. (laughs) And it is quite a confusing topic for sure. And while I may not have all the um, knowledge on how to fully give you an analysis on it, what I can tell you is that those that are for school choice are wanting to funnel money that goes towards public education and reroute that money towards, um, you know, as tax credits or funding to people, and then their child can choose a school of their liking. And a lot of times, many of the private schools aren't under the same restrictions or guidelines as a public school is. And so you have this fear of people going to these private schools in which they may teach, you know, misogynistic traits, xenophobic traits, and, you know, those types of things are not allowed in public schools. So, there's a reason why there's a general fear on it. Anyways, um, it'll be interesting to see where she goes forward with um, public school funding. And this topic actually hits pretty close to home when it comes to the Texas legislature, but I'll hit more on that later. In terms of Senate confirmation hearings, it seems that Rex Tillerson is officially now our Secretary of State. He has been confirmed. We also know that Donald Trump, or President Trump, has um, given the green light for his Supreme Court justice, and it seems as though he will not face that much of a backlash compared to somebody else that could have been picked by Donald Trump. So, you know, his Supreme Court nominee was Neil Gorsuch, and, you know, there is liberal media that's stating that he is far extreme right and a lot of people wouldn't like him. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, he hasn't really ruled on abortion um, while he has been a federal court judge. So I think that's where people kind of look to when trying to define um, with regards to if he's center, right, or left. So that may be something that is... um, you know, undiscernible for many, but it seems that Democrats um, intend to give him the same respect as uh, the Republicans gave Merrick Garland when he was nominated by President Obama for the Supreme Court. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out as well. It seems that the Democrats are really trying to put up a fight in not allowing President Trump to 
to um, get his own way. And moving on to the most controversial topic so far that has affected our community is the apparent Muslim ban. And we, as we all know, the executive order was signed and he banned um, immigrants and refugees coming in from seven countries. And they're, you know, Muslim majority countries. It seemed that Christians who are minorities in those countries would get first preferential treatment to come and apply for refugee status or immigrant status. And of course, there was a huge uproar about this. Um, and, you know, the fallout from it is that we had so many demonstrations at airports. We had a bunch of attorneys working pro bono and around the clock to ensure that these people would not continuously be detained, you know, once they landed in the United States. And, you know, you saw a lot of great support coming out of it at the same time. And I think that was, that, you know, really gave us some hope that, <clears throat> that it's not all terrible, that there is, you know, a chance for America to heal from this and that not everybody thinks of Muslims in such a negative light, right? That people, you know, want to defend us, want to make sure that we have the right to pray, that we have the right to, you know, practice our religion freely in America because that's the principle of what America is, is freedom of religion. And so it was very uplifting and inspiring to see that. And so... We all know that the acting attorney general was ousted by President Trump for not supposedly following his orders, and we've had a lot of federal courts that have basically struck down his ban. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to try and reroute this to Congress to actually make this law, or if he is going to find another way to fight it in court to make sure it gets overturned. So. I think that's something to keep the lookout for. I think this is something that isn't over yet, and we need to be very vigilant um, and continue to monitor to see what will happen. Moving on to Texas news, we have had an interesting legislative session. It began already on January 10th, and there have been plenty of interesting bills filed, such as <laughs> an anti-Sharia bill. There has been a bill... Um, about sanctuary cities, which our governor, Governor Abbott, had mentioned in his state of the state that he was definitely going to try and make sure that sanctuary cities do not exist anymore, or if they do, that they will be cut from funding from the state. Um, that's going to be exceptionally controversial, possibly unconstitutional as well, both in Texas and federal law. So, you know, Governor Abbott had given his state of the state, and in his speech, he, you know, marked four emergency items. One was, like, ethics, you know, within the government. Other was sanctuary cities to essentially ban them. Um, third was CPS, Child Protective Services, that we, it was essential for us to continue funding them and to give them more than enough money um, that they need. And his last one is to have a convention of the states in order to reform the U.S. Constitution. Now let's back up. Let's talk about sanctuary cities. Essentially, sanctuary cities um, are cities where they don't ask about your immigration status. So, for example, the city of Austin or Travis County, um, if you are an immigrant and you are arrested and potentially you could be an illegal immigrant, um, if you're not um, 
being charged for like a violent crime, like any sort of felony or murder, they do not ask your citizenship status. So if you, you know, let's say it's just, you know, handling marijuana or something really petty, um, they will not ask you for your citizenship status. And so this way, you know, they're trying to ensure that families don't get torn apart. They're trying to be understanding of the situation. And so uh, Governor Abbott and many Republicans are against this. And so they're trying to, you know, you know, put a stop to this, that you can't stop asking them what their immigration st status is. And this kind of blurs the line because that's federal law. Like, federal law is immigration. States have no rights to f um, immigration laws. And I think that's where it could become unconstitutional. Um, you had a lot of people that came to testify against this bill in, in Texas last week. I mean, they started testimony early in the morning and it ended at around midnight and they still voted the bill out. Uh, the Hispanic community is very much against this bill. So are a lot of local cities because they feel that they could potentially be sued and that they would have to carry over um, the, you know, funding for these lawsuits because they obviously have to pay for the attorneys. And, you know, not only that, but um, there are many people that felt that this was, you know, very discriminatory and the biggest issue I think many people had is that you're not defining what a sanctuary city is in the bill. So therefore, it would be subjective. And so you're going to have a subjective to the law enforcement officials as to what a sanctuary city is. And this could potentially be problematic because, you know, if they want to interpret any way that they want, this could really have some race issues. And so that's why there was much outcry against this bill. And it'll be interesting to see if, um, you know, it's already passed out of committee in the Senate. They'll probably get a vote in Senate and be passed on to the Texas House. It'll be interesting to see if the Texas House does it because the Texas Speaker of the House, um, Speaker Strauss, you know, has a, has a very different um, agenda for the Texas House. And he wants to, of course, talk about CPS, but he also wants to talk about public education, which apparently wasn't on Governor Abbott's state of the state. He also wants to talk about mental health issues. Those are three of his big important key elements that he wants to try and pass in the Texas House. So I think the Texas House and Senate are going to have some very long drawn out battles given that their priorities seem to be a bit different. Furthermore, in the Texas legislature, it seems that the bathroom bill by Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick um, seems to be making some headway. If you all recall, the bathroom bill is a bill to where those who are transgendered can only use the bathrooms that um, of the gender that they were born with, not the gender that they've changed. Um, he is saying that this is for the safety and concern of, you know, women. And this is you know, cause a lot of uproar and backlash because you may recall North Carolina had passed a similar bill and many companies withdrew their business. And this could potentially happen in Texas as well, even though he's citing a study that it wouldn't happen. There wouldn't be any economic um, <clears throat> dip in Texas. But PolitiFact, which is a very great resource, I encourage all of y'all to check it out and follow them on social media, has... Um, you know, rated this as a false statement and a false study that it would cause detrimental economic um, backlash. 
And so that's something to keep in mind that while the transgender and LGBTQ community may not be affecting you per se, um, this bill, while really impacting them, is detrimentally impacting the entire state because if businesses draw out, you know that jobs are gone, the economy is going to tank, and that's not really great news for Texas at all. And last but not least, I wanted to talk about Texas Muslim Day at the Capitol. I think it went pretty well. Uh, great job to care for organizing it. Um, the speeches were really great. And compared to last legislative session back in 2015, um, this was way different, a much different atmosphere. I remember attending in 2015, and um, I just thought... You know, it was a much more tense atmosphere. The protesters were really riled up. You know, they tried to take the mic. Had really hateful language. Whereas compared to here, you had hundreds of people um, lined up as protectors. I had posted the photo and the videos on my Wise Up Facebook page. Should definitely go check them out. And you just had all these people trying to protect, you know, the Muslims and the stage. And it was just incredible um, that they were all linked together. And they had all these T-shirts that say you know, we stand with our Muslim neighbors and, you know, don't mess with Texas Muslims and the Jewish community was there, the LGBTQ community was there and it was just, it was really incredible. It was so uplifting. It was so inspiring. It was just, it was really awesome to tell you the truth. And I really take hope from that, that, you know, while our president and some of his policies seem very anti-Muslim, that, you know, there are people out there that are going to stick up for us and are really going to try and, um, you know, fight for the Muslim community. Um, and so that was something that was really great to see. And, you know, I just want to say that those of you that are listening, please remember to keep these other communities that have stuck up for us, them in your prayers, and to make sure that when you see any of them going through any tough legislation, such as I discussed with the bathroom bill, that we're there to, you know, stand up for them and that we're there to protect them as well, because this is the only way that we're going to work, you know? And finally... Uh, if you are in Texas Representative Matt Rinaldi's district, he has a bill out that is discussing um, the sale of fireworks before Diwali. So usually the sale of fireworks is allowed during certain time periods, such as 4th of July or Memorial Day. But he is attempting to make sure that the Hindu community will be able to access fireworks in time for Diwali as well to celebrate. So I think that's a great bill if you want to call your Texas legislators to ensure that that bill gets passed and, um, you know, the Hindu community and Sikh community can enjoy Diwali to the fullest with their fireworks. give you some pointers on how you can continue to resist. Um, I know many of you all have seen a lot of Facebook posts where they're describing how, you know, call all these people and say, you know, you don't want Betsy Davos or you don't want Bannon, etc, etc. And, and I think that the effort is great and it's valiant on everyone's part, but I do want to say as a former staffer, I just want to give a few pointers on how to effectively use your resistant energy because it takes a lot of energy to resist and it shouldn't go to waste. So you got to utilize it properly. So for example, when you see um, 
people saying like, oh, call other senators or call other representatives. To be very honest, it's not going to really make much of an impact. And I know it sounds like a, I'm being a Debbie Downer, but I'm not. Um, as a former staffer, we would get phone calls from other people outside of our district all of the time. And while every phone call is important to us, um, that doesn't necessarily mean we give it much value. So for example, you know, we can see the number on the caller ID and we also see the addresses when people send in mail. And at the end of the day, if those match, um, like the zip code or the area codes, if they match with, you know, our district, those are the ones that we really um, pay close attention to. So for example, those who are in the Senate committee hearings for education, you know, maybe Ted Cruz and Senator Cornyn weren't you know, they're present, while they can vote on her now, this is a proper time to call to be against her. While they were having the actual hearings, it didn't make sense for you all to call all of the other offices, because at the end of the day, what they're going to take as their input are their constituents, and they track that data, and they tally that data. And so that's something I want everyone to be aware of is, you know, it makes a difference whether there's a bill or a person being confirmed in the con congressional level or the federal level, um, whether it's in a committee or if it's actually on the floor. If it's on the floor and it's being a, it's a bill that's being debated, that is definitely something you call your representative, your, your senators about. And the same is applicable to your U.S. Congress, like your House of Representatives. That's when you call them when that bill is on the floor. Um, calling other people's senators and representatives is really not going to make much of an impact. What is the best thing to do is if you have friends in those areas is to reach out to them and be like, hey, this is your senator, this is your congressman. You know, they have the ability to vote yes or no. Call their office. That is the best thing for you to do um, when it is not your representative or senator that's... Um, going to be, you know, voting on that particular bill or person for the confirmation or for legislation out of a committee. Um, this same stuff is also applicable to um, the Texas Rep House of Representatives. Um, you know, we get several people calling at the same time. Again, we look at the area codes, we look at the zip codes when it's incoming mail, and, th and that's the only way that we're really able to... Um, you know, get to our constituents and really get to those people first. Those are the people that we prioritize over other people. So I just want everyone to know that, that the best thing to do is to contact your representatives from your district. That is going to make the biggest impact for your voice. Another thing to do is to attend town hall meetings, both your Texas House of Representatives, which in your case, every person in Texas, they have a Texas House of Representative, they also have a Texas Senator, and on the congressional level, they also have a, you know, U.S. House of Representative, and they have two senators representing them, two Texas senators, which are Ted Cruz and John Cornyn. And then your U.S. House of Representative is a person that's allocated to your district that you can find online. So the same rules that I told you about um, the congressional level is very much applicable to the state level. So please make sure you keep that in mind. It's very easy for you to copy and paste these Facebook statuses and I understand they're going viral, but if you want, you can message me on Wise Up on the Facebook page and I can confirm and verify for you if, you know, those are the right directions because I see a lot of misleading and false information out there. And, you know, as a former staffer, when we are deluged with thousands of calls, I've been there. Um, it gets very frustrating for us as a staffer because we may not parrot our um, boss's 
political viewpoints, but we still work really hard. A lot of the people that answer your phones are interns that are unpaid, and it's always, always great if you show courtesy and respect to them because showing your anger and being angry with them, it's, you know, it's not really going to get anybody anywhere. Everybody's nerves are um, very tense at that point. So please be understanding of that. And I want to say something else too. You know, a lot of your representatives, I, as I was saying before, you know, have town hall meetings as well. And that is the perfect opportunity for you to really get to know your representative and really, really make your viewpoints heard. Um, that is exactly how the Tea Party movement became so big is because they um, started showing up at these town hall meetings. They started voicing their concerns. They started voicing their opinions. And that's how these politicians slowly started to shift and change. So this is a perfect way to get to know um your representative and the best thing for you all to do is to find out who your representatives are both in senate and the texas house texas senate the u.s senate u.s Con congress and follow them on facebook and follow them on twitter and follow them on instagram and once you follow them you know they'll post things of like hey you know we're having this town hall here come here and they they post the dates and they post the timings the information is out there it is up to you to go look at it because remember democracy is for you to participate in and you know i'll do my best on wise up to post those things but the best thing is for you to follow your own politicians and your own representatives and find out what they're doing so that you can keep tabs and show up and share your concerns and show your anger and and show your you know, happiness on certain legislation that they do or don't pass. And finally, another way to resist is to make sure to be, you know, very supportive of others. Like the way we've seen so many people come out for, uh, you know, the Muslim community, like even the Sikhs and the Hindus, um, everybody needs to be supportive of each other because at the end of the day, we're, we're one country, right? And we need to learn to understand that while you may not agree with someone religiously, that doesn't mean that they don't have the right to practice um, their religion or the way that they want to, you know, have their lifestyle. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to be understanding that they have the same exact right as you do to live their life. And that's something that we all need to learn and understand and help one another. So. Go out and help the LGBTQ community. You know, this month is Black History Month. You know, go out and make a donation or go see what Black Lives Matter needs. Um, you know, the Jewish community has been really, really helpful, especially with Texas Capital Muslim Day. You know, same with the Catholic and the Baptist. A lot of them have done such great work and there have been so many great interfaith efforts. You know, go attend one of them. Show your support. Show some solidarity. And last but not least, one of the best ways I think to resist is, you know, is, is to calm all the fear that's been happening and, you know, go and meet your neighbors, you know, have a block party, have them come meet you, have them come understand you and vice versa. Because we're in sad times these days where we don't know our neighbors. I'm guilty of this myself. You know, I live in an apartment. I have no idea who lives next door to me. And you know, I remember growing up in my childhood in Plano, we always knew our next door neighbors and lived across the street and, you know, all of us kids would all play together and I feel like it's so different now. Everyone's so closed off and I don't know if that has to do with social media or iPhones, but we've just become such a polarized country. So I still think one of the best ways to resist while participating in all these, you know, public gatherings is to also just get to know your fellow people. I mean, that's a form of resistance in the sense that 
I'm trying to dispel the notions that are thought about me, you know, but it's on a much more personal level. So that's something to think about. Oh, and one more thing. Sometimes, you know, your social media just gets flooded with so much information and so much, you know, negative stuff. You know, take a break. Unplug from social media a bit. You may find that your tension may ease and relieve some of that stress that's been building up inside. Because, you know, as someone that avidly follows politics, I'm not going to deny that. Even I get overwhelmed with all the information that's spreading out on Facebook. And I'm like, I don't know, you know... As a former staffer, I know certain things, the way things work, and I know what to believe, but as someone that, you know, hasn't worked in the legislature, it can be very overwhelming. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right stuff? And I totally understand that. And it's very simple when you do call to keep it really simple and short. Say your name, say, um, you know, where you reside, that you're their constituent, and that you're for or against a bill or for against a certain confirmation, you know, it's pretty simple, but all of the other information that you see on social media can get really overwhelming. And I see several people, even on like the liberal side or the conservative side, posting false, you know, news and it's happening again, just like it was during um, the election cycle. So I highly recommend you all to, you know, follow my Facebook page because I do guarantee and try and verify every single thing that I post on there to ensure that it is actual legitimate information. And so sometimes it's also great to unplug from social media as well and take a little bit of a break because I understand how overwhelming it can be. So make sure you guys continue to resist, you know, also donate to a lot of the social organizations such as the ACLU, which is doing a great job, um, CARE as well, who is, you know, really trying for Muslim-American relations, and there are several other really great organizations out there that, you know, could use your financial help and that you can use to help with the resistance. So, you can donate, you can continue calling your legislators, continue keeping tabs with the news, and last but not least, follow Wise Up. So, I hope you all enjoyed the pointers on how to continue to resist and the best ways in doing so and that you guys are all caught up on the major national and Texas political news. Don't forget to tune in in two weeks <coughs> and with another update of the news. And don't forget everyone, get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. Until next time.